0: oh are cheeky monkey. Get on with it.
1: Toffee, magnificent.
2: Hello,
3: John. Up bye. <laughs> Come on. Hello, and welcome to a Goonaholic Wonderland. This show is a tribute from all of us at the Bird Camp Wonderland to our friend and ABW member Dave Faber. We want to dedicate the show to his wife Pauline, his sister Janice, Daryl, Sandra, Ethan and Rowan. The reason we've got this message at the end of the show is during tonight's show I forgot Rowan's name. My apologies Rowan, I'm very very sorry but it's a bit of an emotional show for all of us so... This show is for all of you guys um, and to all Arsenal fans. Dave was important to so many people um, and this is our tribute to him. Please enjoy. Hello and welcome to a Goonaholic Wonderland. I'm your host Jason for tonight and I'll be joined by the fellow, my fellow members of ABW. Simon Collins, say hello, Si.
4: Hi, Jason. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Coping okay. Just about, not gone crazy yet.
3: Well, you you know you you're a man of quality. I expect I expect you to cope. You know.
4: Um, Next we have Harry
3: Potter's my handsome brother. It's Andrew Fife. Say hello, Andrew.
5: Hello, Jason. Very happy to be on. I'm not sure about the Harry Potter analogy, but uh, how are you doing, buddy? You well?
3: I'm talking to you and the other two lunatics. I'm always good. You know what I mean? This makes my day. This is the highlight of my lockdown. So
5: good. I'm glad.
3: Are you proud that you and Shah are coping well?
5: Just about, yeah. We managed to get home from Nepal somehow. I was stuck, nearly stuck in the Himalayas uh, when they decided to close the border. We managed to get home. So we've been intensively, well, we've been it's been quite an intense two months. We haven't actually left each other's side. And now we're in a small pokey basement flat in North London. Uh, and yeah, so we've spent every minute of every day for the last two months. But we've managed to not argue. We're getting by and, and uh, we're making the most of, uh, of a pretty stressful situation.
3: The honeymoon just carries on, doesn't it, pal? It just carries on. And last but no means least, it's my brother from another mother, John Welsh. Say hello, John.
6: Hello, John. How you doing, (laughs) Joyce? It's it's been too long, mate. It's been too long. Far too long. Far too long. It's just bizarre, isn't it, pal? It's bizarre. You're currently working on Chinatown. It's the, uh, it's very weird. Um trying to not annoy my flatmate whilst he's working and it's all different hours. And yeah, we're all over the shop at the moment, but you got to do what you got to do. So, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh,
3: before we start the podcast, um, a quick shout out to Ellis Mel, his partner Silla and Rich Cactus Cash. They all work for the NHS, you know, they're working on the clock and, um, uh, you know, fair play to them. We, we tip our hats to them. Um, and to Neil Chemp, happy birthday, bro. Hope you've had a good one. On to the podcast. As you can tell by the title, this is not a normal show. It's our tribute to our friend Dave Faber, the Gunaholic. Unfortunately, on Christmas Day last year, Dave, after after a lengthy piece of bit of an illness, passed away. And not to put too fine a point in it, it it broke all our hearts. Dave had been with us for a few years. His first podcast with us was the night we won the Football Blogging Awards. And although joining kind of later than a lot of us, he became a firm favourite with everyone. Dave was permitted at the end of January and myself, Neil Chimp, Ellis, um, Josh and Carl all attended the funeral, uh, along with the likes of Dave Seeger and special mentions to Victoria and Lucy Guna. Um, They were particularly close to Dave. And, you know, Dave had many, many friends, um, as, as we saw with the tributes that came through after he passed away. There are too many to invite on, to be honest with you. That's why we're keeping it just the ABW gang. We don't want to upset anybody. We don't want to put anybody's nose at a joint. We just want to give our tribute to him. Uh, as well as being a member of, the, of ABW, Obviously, Dave was renowned as the blog father. He was a, a proper Arsenal man. he would you've uh, been following the Arsenal for over six decades. First go in with his sister Janice. His dad used to take them to the Arsenal quite a lot. And, uh, you know, he had so many groups of friends. There's too many to mention. So this is our tribute. We dedicate it to Pauline, Dave's wife. Janice's sister, Dada and Sandra and all the grandkids and we hope you enjoy it guys. So let's get on with it. John, I'm going to come to you first. It was a little bit special having him on the pod, wasn't
6: it? Yeah, it was. Um, I think the first time I'd heard of Holick was, it, I mean it was before I would even heard ABW to be honest. I think I Followed the usual sort of suspects everyone does when they first go onto Twitter and talk about Arsenal and you have, you know, like Jeff and Darren Arsenal and all the big names. And always saw him talking to this guy called Greenholic, so have a click on there. like, oh, he's got a blog, start reading that, that's interesting. From that, find podcasts and eventually found you guys. But I'd listened to him on Blog and a different podcast before and always read his stuff. And when I finally... Got to actually talk with him on a podcast. I'd never really spoken to him before in any other sort of form other than a little conversation about football on Twitter. He was really welcoming. He told me that he liked some of the stuff I thought and things I'd said before about football. He was really interested in Serie A and asked me lots of questions about Italian football, which to be honest, only Chris had done before. And, you know, Chris can talk all day long. You don't want to have a conversation with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just, just such a welcoming man. And it's really hard to to describe how someone who I never met in the flesh or anything else, which will always be one of my great regrets, but who I spent so much time talking to, whether it was on a podcast or in a WhatsApp group or anything else, he was so kind and so generous and, and really humble as well and funny. For a guy who'd been basically at the start of all the sort of online stuff for Arsenal and just genuinely someone you could call a friend and... Even if you didn't want to talk about football, if you had something really personal to talk about, you could go and speak to Dave and he'd give you his advice and whatever he thought about it. And it'd be really genuine and from the heart. So, yeah, when when we lost him, it was it was really difficult. And uh, I know everyone was the same in the group. You know, we all sort of went quiet for a bit and no one really knew what to say. And especially after we'd lost Steve earlier in the year as well, it was just like double whammy. It was so difficult. But I just, I just try and remember... All the good conversations about football and music, and just the you know silly old man jokes that we'd share back and forth. But a proper, proper gentleman.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to come to you next. Um, you, you talk about Dave's writing his blog as as a professional journalist. Um, you you, you given me some advice for uh, the the funeral, etc. Talk to me about your, your your thoughts on Dave.
4: John summed it up pretty well there in terms of what he was like as a man first and foremost and he was you know one of the kindest people i think you'll ever meet or you know i ever will meet um and I, and I said it to you when i was giving you some stuff for the to the, the eulogy jace that he was you know the one thing we all have whether we're you know a millionaire or a bloke on a street with you know two pence and a cup you've all got time that's the one thing everyone has and he was always so generous with his time and particularly for me because when i you know when i met dave i was not a professional journalist certainly um not a great writer either, and he would always be happy to, you know, give some advice, uh, exchange some thoughts, and then that carried on. You know, both there'd be points where we'd both be watching matches, and afterwards he'd go, "I oh, you know that was horrendous to write about, or how did you find right about that?" And he was one of those people who would, he didn't really have to give me his time, particularly when I was, you know, a young person starting out. But he was more more than happy to, um, and that was the thing that always stuck with me because I think I know this sort of celebrity status on Twitter almost but he he wouldn't act like that at all or be above anyone he would always be so generous with his time and that was you know the main thing I took from him and the moments I always enjoyed with him was talking about writing which was his you know real passion is along with the Arsenal was his writing and he was you know one of the best at it and it was why he was so revered and why everyone read his work and, and I always remember when he when he joined the podcast or Danny talking about when he joined the podcast like he was this sort of like bird camp figure for like the podcast in the way that I love this podcast and it's great. And, and one of my favorite things about it is the amount of just crap we talk about and shouting and stuff. And Dave would always have um, a way of sort of cutting through that and come with a bit of sense. He'd always make a point and there'd be a bit of silence. Everyone would just go like, mm, yeah, that's right. And then just sort of carry <laughs> on. It was just the way he was. He was so, you know, precise and smart with what he said that he always added that little bit of class to it. And that's how I remember him from the podcast sense. But as a man, you know, as John said, he was you know a gentleman, and that's probably the easiest way to sum him up. Absolutely, Fifi
3: First time I met Dave was the first day I met you in the flesh as well.
5: What a day! It was the Swansea game. So was uh, that the game we all got in? We all we all sat in the box. Yeah,
3: Jeff, Jeff uh, sorted the box.
5: Yeah, but
3: we start we start, I I, I travelled up to London. I was staying. OG was over from Canada, and I was staying with him in the in the Airbnb. And Fifey sorted breakfast out. And so, all he did bacon b- baps around Fifey's house. And we went to the Weatherspoons by the tube station. And Dave Faber walks in. And we're chatting away there. And I remember OG turning and saying, We're having beers with Guna Hollick. Because, you know, he's a big blogger, OG, you know. And there was this look of bewilderment on his face, okay? He was really fanboying it up. And I know that he was because I was as well. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're with this bunch of guys. Who you, okay, you've all been talking to online for so long, but then you're there with
5: them, and uh, it was just magic, wasn't it, Fife? Talk talked to me. Yeah, I remember that because that morning I invited you guys over for yeah bacon rolls. I got charter, get the grill on. Uh, Og brought a friend of his, a guy, a French guy, if I remember right, who we'd never That's met you. before, but it was like just yeah, don't come on, come over for bacon rolls, and we were all. And obviously, he invited Dave, and Dave was like, No, 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 it's fine. I, I wouldn't want to uh, trespass young lads, sort of thing. And he was like so humble about it. And I, I almost felt like guilty because he didn't come. But like, you know, we were all so insistent that even though he was in a pub by himself, a 100 meters from my house, having a pint, he was in the hen and chicken, the chicken and the hen, on, he was on a pub on uh, on the roundabout. And then he actually came over to the Wetherspoons to come meet us. He'd been having a pint by himself, he was probably reflecting. And then, uh, you know, I was like, this guy's quite shy for, you know, someone who I've spoken to quite a lot. And then by the end of the game, Yumi, Hollick, OG, and I think Sir Livers were all absolutely mullered in one of the like the drunkest. And <laughs> uh, like, and Hollick was honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how like pissed he was and w- what a laugh he was. He was such a nice guy. He was so I, so. I, I followed Hollick for probably you know we followed each other for maybe a year or so before he actually joined the pod. And I think. When he joined the pod, it was all down—not all down to—but Raj Patel was, was, you know, remember Raj JD. He, he was in a yeah. period when he was really trying to professionalise the blog for us. So he was bringing in lots of professional football, you know, former Arsenal yeah. players, big names, big names, and we, you know, we, we had some, you know, really good guests. And then, you know, he went and landed Dave Hollick, and I was like, mm, oh, okay, what, like a one-off. And, he, and when I remember when Dave joined the group, and like, funny enough, what Simon was saying, at it, it was almost like the Burkeapp moment when Burkeapp joined Arsenal. It was we like Dave joined the group and I was like, "Jesus, we are actually like becoming quite a professional outfit here." <laughs> um, and you know, so I sort of pod him with him and then you know, I, I guess I don't probably I don't read as much Arsenal football blogs as some of you guys do, you know, I I, I just get a bit I don't have, probably don't have the attention span. So I never really appreciated Dave's work, you know, before the pod as much as I should have. I just knew he was a nice guy off Twitter and you know, I knew how good he was, but I remember in the the first real season we started podding was I think the I guess when when you know when I was podding away with Dave actually we podded quite often in the 2015-2016 season so after we'd had the nightmare summer where we only signed check and I think I was pretty furious of Arsenal and specifically Arsenal at that point and a couple of other people were so it was always like I remember always going on podcasts and it'd be Jason you and me because we would be like the like the anti arson lot. And then, you know, they'd always put us against Chris and Jeff. And it was like that every week. And if you weren't available, Steve would be on digging it in. Or if it wasn't Steve, they'd have to bring in Mark King, God forbid. And so they started bringing in Holik on. And then at first I was like, okay, so they, they're kind of bringing me and Holicon. on. So they're pitting me against us. And I was like, Christ, is Holik one of those, like, dilute? you know, we've just, we're letting like our best ever chance at a title slip away. And I was like, oh God, Holik's going to be, you know, We've we've, met, we've drawn one all away at some like average team, and he's going to be praising Arsenal like Chris would. And uh, so I was ready, and then, and you know, and I and I really started going into Arsenal that season probably too much. And then Holick would start to talk, and I remember, you know, I know I was waiting for him to you know to try and defend Arsenal or, or over defend them. But what I soon realised, one of his best traits, and one thing I've said about him is the thing that separated him from every other blogger for me as you know as i started to really appreciate his stuff was that he was just so balanced and 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 intelligent with it right this we live in a society where on twitter not just twitter but in general people people are so over the top in their personas and and, you know we see it all the time people having to make a name for themselves by being the most pro-venger person or the most anti-venger person you know i don't need to name names but we know who they are right and and it's the same with, I guess, just general, the, the general attitude on Twitter. It's like politics. I always say if someone supports Labour, that they'll follow all of the Labour policies and, and, and they'll know. And, and same with Twitter. And you have that with Arsenal. As soon as a story breaks about Arsenal, you know which people are going to take which side and which people will take the other side. Whereas Hollick, he was so balanced and well thought in, in what he had to say. And probably, you know, a lot of that comes down from wisdom and experience and just having been to so many games. But I think he just brought a refreshing, like, humble attitude to writing and 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 to his perspective. That you know, many of us, you know, if I started going off on a run, on a rant in the in the group, and then you know, as Simon said, Hollick would come back and say something intelligent. I'd almost feel bad or sad or embarrassed sometimes So I'd be like, "Yeah, no, you're probably right there, mate." Um, but yeah, I, I, he was a fantastic guy, right? And you know, so glad we got that opportunity just to get you know, get him loose and boozy, uh, and you know, to see the real Hollick. One of my, my favourite times of him as well is you know, behind this. I guess, you know, this this gentleman, uh, this gentleman, you know, Veneer, you know, he was a gentleman, but sometimes he would let loose and let slip. And, and him and Steve, you know, after a couple of whiskeys, <laughs> would tell you a couple of stories about, you know, when they uh, took the terraces on at Villa Park in the 70s. But they were always like, shh, don't tell anyone about the Villa game. <laughs>
0: and you're like,
5: like, 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 it was like 45 years ago. I think the police aren't like, you know, looking for the. He was, he was such a lovely guy. And, you know, I, remember I woke up on Christmas Day and I actually, you know, as at my in-laws and I remember sitting on the toilet about 8am and just texting him and Pauline to send us and I really hope you come through and manage to have, you know, uh, one lovely final Christmas. And obviously, sadly, later that day, the news kind of broke through. Right. But but we were all so lucky to have had him on the pod. Um, and so lucky that, you know, he gave us so much of his time and, and it interacted with us and just shared his thoughts and wisdom with us. Uh,
3: absolutely, pal. Absolutely. He was um uh he was one of a kind and, and what I loved about him was when I was doing the eulogy for him, I looked back at some of his old blogs. And we'd be that, I can't remember the game, OK, but we'd had a have in it. It had got a bit toxic. And the Dave we all know who's in the background, OK, not the balanced, lovely Dave, but he, he wrote uh, he wrote a blog. I'm not a sheep. I couldn't give a monkey's about your opinion. You, you're being over the top, blah, 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 blah. You know, And he gave it to everyone. No matter what side you were on, everybody had it both barrels. I just thought and laughed about that because that day in where the spoons, you know, we were fanboying it up. Myself and OG. I, I, you know, I've seen Josh Door do it. I've seen Chris Carpenter do it. And the one thing I loved is you listen to Dave, and the stories come out, and especially the Villa Park story. He loved that one. You know, it was it was, it was one of the great stories. You know, he's what it's just funny. But the amount of time he had for what you had to say, he would always be there to listen. Do you know what I mean? He, w- he would never take your opinion for granted. He would always listen, and he'd always try to give balanced response. I remember was a, Blog was doing his um, bit of a tribute to him, and as he said, if somebody had, had a terrible game, Dave wouldn't say, oh, he was crap. Dave would turn and say, well, you know, he didn't do himself justice there, did he? <laughs> You know, he, he's had better days. You, you know, and and that was Dave. I wasn't on his first podcast. His first podcast was the night we won the football blogging awards, and I was up in Manchester collecting the, the award. And I remember listening to the pod the next day coming back, and I'm thinking, I've got this big bottle of Carlsberg Lager, like a Magnum of Carlsberg Lager. Okay, <laughs> you I got this award. I got standing hangover. I'm on the train coming back from Manchester to Cardiff, which is horrible. Totally surreal. I'm trying to chat up the girl opposite me. She doesn't want to know because I stink. (laughs) And you just... I'll put the podcast on. And then there's Dave Goonaholic on ABW. And it was amazing. And, and I mean, one of the things I'm really proud of was when he started doing the ABW live shows, the the radio shows This, John, it was great having him on those, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, it was... um, Honestly, it was strange because I remember, I can't remember the the exact game, but I remember before, see, before we go live for a game, we'll just chat for a minute or two and say, oh, any particular talking points, that sort of thing, and run order and those kind of bits. And it's the first time he almost seemed a little bit nervous. He's like, oh, I've not done this live before. (laughs) And I was just like, really? I was like, have you listened to the stuff that that we say on like on a radio? Because <laughs> on it, I mean, like, there's there's games where nothing happens, and you're like, oh god, how are we going to get an out of like this? But there's games where so much happens, and we still talk complete nonsense and miss loads of things. And you're thinking of all the people to be like, he's going to bring up loads of amazing stuff, and everyone in the chat's going to have questions. And I remember it was when when we get questions from the like the the listeners, the live viewers, they are generally just sent to the pod or occasionally you might get one that's specifically for a person that day we had so many that were for holic and yeah. it was all can you ask david can you ask david can you and it, it, we could have done an hour of just people asking him questions on his opinions thoughts on players tactics formation all that kind of thing and it was so nice and it was kind of him to do it as well because i think people who are outside of abw maybe think oh if you're in abw you, you just do everything which isn't strictly true we kind of the live show is kind of its own thing and has its own group of people and obviously if guys you know who aren't regularly on can come on then we're always always happy to have them on there but they've never had to come on we just asked him. i don't honestly i did not think he was going to say yes but the fact that he did say yes and then came on and did some and he really enjoyed it as well afterwards but you'd always get the little nod towards the end or a little message in the chat like the management <laughs> Management is not happy. This is I've got to go soon, or whatever, or or the whiskey glass is getting a little bit too empty. I'm, I'm I'm due to leave now, boys. um So we always knew we had to crack on and keep it a bit shorter. But yeah, it was just great talking to him. And like Five said, he always whatever he said, it was always balanced. It was never massively negative one way or hugely positive another. He was always positive in his general outlook. I, I will say that you know he always obviously yeah, thought he could definitely. win and those sort of things, which I think is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But he never went too far with it and like you said jason he just he had so much time for for anyone talking about whatever it was you wanted to but yeah the the stories that him and steve when they used to start talking to each other that that was always my fun bit late nights in the whatsapp group going we oh, haven't looked in here for an hour or two and it's like oh, there are like 150, <laughs> 150 messages and i'm like oh yeah this is worth scrolling back reading from <laughs> Because oh. sometimes you'd look at it and it'd be like, oh, it's Jason winding up Chris. I can just skip <laughs> to it. i get the general idea. All right, cool. If it was Steve and Dave talking and stuff, you'd be like, oh, no, we'll go back to the start of this conversation and read the whole thing. It, it was always great. It would
4: always be Steve getting really excited, being like, yeah, we, you know, we took on, there was about 2,000, we going in and we got And then it would go on for like sort of 15, 20 minutes. And then and then, uh, and then Dave would just like, yeah, that's enough now. And it was just stop. Sort of, that's, that's enough now. But yeah, they were great. And they were they were so funny, those sort of stories. Because you just can't, you like, know, you're speaking to them now. You're like, are you sure this is the same bloke? You're sort of, yeah. like, but then there was this, and um, there's a clip, we were talking about it before we came on, Jason. The clip doing the rounds on Twitch at the moment where <laughs> where Hollick's just giving both barrels, you know, from the sideline, like laying into them. And he, I think, I mean, I would never have sat with him at a game, but judging from that clip, and there was another clip I always remember, I think it was a few, I tried to, a fair few seasons ago when, it was like the final day of the season it was confirmed that Arsenal would finish above Tottenham and it was saying Tottenham saying there's I think it's a clip of Dave you can see like celebrating like both fists in the air. And and in the same way, like a player, when they go over that white line, they sort of change a bit. I think when he went into the stadium, Dave changed a bit, and you know, he would let loose a bit and he'd be, you know, giving it both barrels from the sideline, he'd be effing blinding, he'd be taking on the whole whole end. And I, and I think that was sort of summed him up. And then he'd come off and he'd be completely sort of calm and relaxed and balanced, but yeah, those stories, those are my favourite stories, just <laughs> mainly because Steve getting so excited about the glory days and then Dave just being like, yeah, that's enough, let's let's calm down now. It,
3: it, it also makes me laugh. I mean, the last show Dave did to this was the Steve tribute show. And and I thought that summed up perfectly. But we we're chatting on that and obviously we we're <laughs> reminiscing about, you know, I want to wind St- Steve up, uh, John, John, I quickly message John, 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 John. John. Follow me in, you know. I'd say something. Steve goes off on one you know, as he did, like a top going off. John piling in afterwards, okay, putting the boot in. And then half an hour later, Dave, Dave messaged me, you git. You know? <laughs> Why are you winding Steve up today? Oh, he deserves it, you know what I mean? And one of the things I want to capitalise on here, so we come back to, sorry, is, Fyfe, you mentioned about Raj. Um and I remember when Dave joined the pod, we followed each other on Twitter, and God knows why he followed me.
5: Slip of the always, finger, I imagine.
3: Probably, not. probably. <laughs> but um uh, <laughs> I was always a little bit standoffish on the Twitter It was kind of okay, Jeff, I knew Jeff was one of the first people to follow me, funny enough. When I had when I had like 56 followers, Jeff Arsenal was one of them, you know, and, and there were a few people I like got, but I remember asking Raj about Dave and Raj Patel, who, if you don't know Raj Patel, he is not a man of many words. He does not hand out plaudits easily. (laughs) He he is a grumpy bugger. And he waxed lyrical about Dave. He spoke so highly about Dave. I was stood there like a little boy going, really? 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 Yeah, he's he's buh, 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 he makes me think differently about stuff. He's such a great guy, buh, buh, buh. I'd never seen Raj Patel give anybody that much praise in all my life. Do you know what I mean? We could have we could have done the quadruple and he wouldn't have given anybody that much praise. But Fife, there's Livers, John Livermore, and there's Lucy, there's Vic. There's a plethora of people who go to that ground week in and week out, who absolutely adore him, mm-hmm. isn't it?
5: Well, that's the thing about Dave. He's He's got so many friends, but everyone who knows him probably thinks they're his best friends. And, you know, it's not because he was a fake of anyone. He just made everyone feel so welcome. And, you know, he was just such a pleasure to be around, either, you know, virtually over WhatsApp, as you guys have said, or, or having a beer with him. He, he always made you feel like you were special and he, he was really new and really cared what you had to say, even though he was clearly the, the kind of the intellect in the conversation. He was just such a down-to-earth, such a lovely, such a humble man. You know, I mean, it didn't matter. He had a lot of followers, given, you know, that was the nature of he was a very good writer and people cared what he had to say. But I don't think any of that meant anything to him, right? He didn't care about Twitterati. He didn't care about Twitter fame. I mean, he drank in the Tollington, where all the Twitter right, he liked to drink. But that's because his friends were there, right? And he, and he just wanted to, for him, I think football was all about the commute from Swindon, having a tin of Tanglefoot on the way up Seeing his friends in the Tollington, you know, or whatever, or in the pub, watching the game and then, you know, musing about the game, writing his blog away on his tangle foot on the way back. But for him, it was always about, you know, his friends. And, you know, you you could I could have bumped, I bumped into him several times at the ground and he'd always stop, you know, he could be in a rush home, but he'd always stop and, and have a little chat with you and, and make sure everything was fine. I think it was a testament to his loyalty that he turned, you know, that and that's the thing. Dave was so loyal, as Simon said, you know, he'd always make time you know he'd always make time for the pod and you know the fact that he came on to to the steve um testimonial pod and here it's right we all knew he wasn't a well man um by that point and, and he hadn't been a well man for quite some time um and yeah you know, and he could at times you know it felt like he could he couldn't muster up too much in the way of conversation so we you know we didn't want to overuse him but and when he did speak he was very intelligent on that pod when i listened back to it but that that was dave all over right he he you know, the, the, you, there was no way or no if he wasn't going to show up for that pod for for, for Steve Wright, was there? And regardless of the situation or his health, he just needed to be there. And even if he could only offer, you know, a few seldom words compared to you, Jace, obviously hogging the limelight as per usual. Sorry. He, he was going to be there. Uh, and that was him all over. He was always, you know, he's always loyal uh, to his friends, always, always made them feel special. And, and, you know, he, and a lot of people who perhaps weren't even his friends, people, you know, who's always polite. You, you never saw Dave getting into, you know, a drunken argument on Twitter. You know, you always see, like, some people, you're like, oh, man, that guy's been on the source and, and they're on Twitter. He was never like that. He was just the most gentle most, you know, sweet man. You know, I said it earlier, right, we were just so lucky to have known him. So, you know, we all, we all miss him.
3: It, it is. It's, it's terrible, to be fair. You know, I I, I still can't believe he's not with us. I was looking through the, some of his messages the other day. Um, West Ham Torn, um, we want to give him a bit of credit. West Antone put the clip of Dave giving it to some Wigan player, both barrels. He put that on Twitter. This is the thing, he was so passionate about stuff. He had so much time for everyone, which, which kind of got me. We were at we had this funeral, and there were a load of people in. Dave Seager, and Vic, uh, Lucy. I'm, I'm going to keep on mentioning those girls. Because they were in contact with Dave's family throughout the illness. And they were really supportive of everyone. Um, and they were, they were just superb. And they loved Dave. They loved Dave so much. It, you know, it's it, it's heartbreaking. But you could see they were repaying the sort of interest that Dave showed in them as well, isn't it, John? You know what I mean? You know, you look, we well, we we'd do the live shows. And who's in the chat box constantly? Dave Faber.
6: Yeah, he was always there. I mean, we get it with certain listeners obviously come in and they're there every single week, regardless, doesn't matter what time. I don't think sometimes people, maybe, maybe they do realise, maybe they don't. It, it's a big chunk out of your day doing that each week. He's got to do his own blog and then he comes and jumps in the chat to try and like stimulate conversation and talks to all the people and the listeners in there. And I know the listeners really appreciate it as well. I mean, you can just tell how respected he was from the reaction when he, when he passed away. But also, just this week, like you said, West End tone that tweet, uh, the retweet with a little clip of him, which is brilliant. It's so funny. But the moment it went up, it was like thousands of retweets and everyone like quote tweeting it and retweeting it and saying, oh, that miss you, Holic," and everything. And I just looked through like all the replies and stuff. And there's so many people who I have no idea who they are, never spoken to or whatever. But they all knew Dave, like whether it was just from conversation on Twitter or just because they read a blog. And it just shows how much respect. I don't know what the word is. It's not adoration. It is, I suppose it is respect is the right word for, for someone like that in the community. And I don't think there's anyone else who has that same level of respect. If you look at other, I don't want to call them celebrities, that sort of big names from Twitter in an arsenal in terms of blogging or anything else, there's always people who don't like someone. You know, There's people yeah. who don't like us or people who don't like Ask blog or whatever. It doesn't matter how popular you are or what are the numbers. But you never had that. Never had that at all with Dave. Um, He was liked by everyone. And that wasn't done. They didn't like him because he just sort of, you know, bowed down to people or whatever. It was totally out of respect because he was worth listening to. Anytime I had a conversation with him on the podcast or, had, uh, you know, like an argument or something, he'd give his reply back. It'd be perfectly balanced reason. Then afterwards, I'd be like. I've, I've got nothing left to say here. To I feel like a fucking idiot now. Just, there's, there's, there's no comeback on this. I can argue with Jason, Simon, Chris, Danny, you know, Jeff, Arsenal, anyone, doesn't matter who it is. And I'll stick to my guns and I've got my point. And they could come out with a really brilliant point, but I'll still have something to throw back at them. Every time it was with Dave, I was just like, no, I've got nothing. I'm done. <laughs> He's completely done me. And normally he would end up making me agree with his point because it was so spot on. And I, I think that's why so many people. You know, cared about him, and so many people were devastated, like truly devastated, when he did pass away. But I, I just like now that that clip really made me happy, just to see him sort of in his element. Like Simon said, the the sort of stepping over the white line thing. When he's in the stadium, it, it was a very different side of of Dave. He'd, he'd let himself go a little bit, and that really did. I really enjoyed that.
3: It was magic to watch. Like you I say, I, you know, it brought a bit of a tear to the eye. But the thing I was loved about him was. He was never vanilla. Okay, sometimes there wasn't a lot to say, but he was always honest. But he was never vanilla. He always had an opinion. And if he's going to be supportive of the manager, whether it be Unai Emery or Asin Wenger, he'd be supportive. And if he had something to criticise them on, he would do it. But, you know, he inspired loyalty and he inspired friendship. and He he inspired respect. Because he always gave it. And and he inspired it via that way. So... He loved his music and he loved cricket. And England's World Cup win, I have to mention it, um, he'd, he'd be laughing right now. I spent that little tournament winding him and livers up about the cricket. You know what I mean? When England are doing badly, quick dig at them. And, you know, we know what you're doing, behave and what have you. But I was so chuffed for them when England won that World Cup because it meant so much to him. But he was really knowledgeable in his cricket as well, wasn't he?
4: Yeah, and and I was thinking, actually, the other day, I mean, that's the one thing we've got a lot of time to do now, isn't it, think? But uh, when, when when you said, oh, we're going to do this pod, we're going to come on and talk, you know, about Dave, I was thinking, God, he would, he would really hate this time now, wouldn't he? Like, because he was such, uh, you know, a people person, he was a family man, you know, he'd be out and about, watching sport, socialising, and I think the idea of him having to be cooped up on his own, and stuck indoors, which I can't imagine Dave doing that at all. So I, th- I was thinking the other day, like f- how tough would he find this and how difficult would he find being stuck on his own like this? And that was the thing I always remember when you guys were talking about when you met him, particularly OG, cause I couldn't come to that. So I met OG just for a beer afterwards and just saying how welcoming Dave was and, you know, accepted him in as if he had known him his whole life. And OG the next day when we were sitting, having a beer and a pie at Pyebury corner talking as if you know i'd I'd met dave you know for five minutes and he was treating me like his best mate and that was the sort of thing with him and this time now where we're all you know stuck on our own with social distancing coats inside that was the exact opposite of what dave was like you know he was life and soul out and about busy family friends and imagining him now in this sort of era it seems impossible so that was what i was thinking of the other day it reminded me of how much a people person he was
3: yeah he was unbelievable to be fair i mean you, you saw with the tributes, you know, the, the cricket mob he used to hang around with. You know, the, the different, you know, he'd always meet the girls in the pins. He'd meet them, um, uh, you know, I remember going um, to Arsene's last game and with Josh Doe and we met him in the Tollington and I thought the last time I was here with Dave, uh, Chris Carpenter stood next to me who wasn't drinking. It was so wet. Um, OG was inside the pub. Dave had just gone in to get a drink and it was so wet. The back of my coat, the hood of my coat, had water in it and went over me when I pulled the hood up. Okay, it was that bad. And it's just, thing. and Dave came out and he just brought lightness to it. It was fantastic. But at the Arsenal's last game, so we were in the Tallington and Dave comes over and shake, shakes hands with Josh for the first time, the first time they'd met. And Josh was like, that, you know, the, the Bambi moment, you know, it's going to holic it because. He he was that much of a people guy. He was that good a bloke, you know. He was he just inspired good things, which was fantastic to see. He'd been following the Arsenal Fife since he was a a little boy. He had seen we've mourned about the end of the Arsene years and the Unai Emery years, but he had seen some dross in the eighties, and you know he'd gone through the mill. It was amazing that you know he was still doing that trip from Swindon week in week out. He was just amazing, wasn't he?
5: Funnily enough, I was just reading a Q and A with him in uh, the Isling- Islington Gazette, and I'll post the link in here after just so obviously we can share it. And it says he, he was asked, and it's a really good comprehensive Q and A with him. Um, it says, "What was your first game?" And he's, "But I will never know. Dad couldn't remember when I went when I wanted to know. The first one I remember was an Inter Fairs Cup." I.e. the original UEFA Cup tie against Royal Asian in 1963 uh, and he says he's been an arsenal fan for over 60 years. He, he's a lovely guy yeah. he was also a local lad so Dave, so Dave grew up in um, an area of Islington called Cannonbury which is where I live and, and, and Dave actually used to live in an area which was uh, which is now a high rise estate it was not It was originally lived in, in the original Georgian townhouses around there and they were brought down as part of, of an urbanization plan um, I believe in the 60s. And I know he, he, you know, he's always fond of this area. He, you know, he always used to go back to some of the local pubs in that area. He, I think he's probably seen, you know, the, the changes to this, you know, to Highbury and, and to Arsenal. And he'll he'll have forgotten more about Arsenal than what we'll ever know, right? But he, he, he would certainly would have put up with a lot of dross in his time but you know likewise he, you know the highs of him would have been would have been higher i'm just sad that he never got to see us win a champions league i guess the the cherry on the cake i did message him i remember when he um when he hung up his boots so to speak he actually stopped going to watch games i think it was about september so you know thank god he didn't get to see what was probably you know the the worst the worst of it unfold yeah. but I remember when he, when he, you know, I remember just saying to Dave then, listen, mate, if I make it to, you know, one-tenth or one hundred for the number of games you get to, I'll be a lucky guy. And, you know, Dave just joked it off, you know, being humble as he is. But it was being genuine. I just can't believe that. Like, the number He's been going to Arsenal for 60 years. Unbelievable. He,
3: he always used to take the grandkids to the last game of the season. And so he does his silver memberships and stuff like that. And after he had the turn, I said, oh, look, Dave, I'm... Because uh, OG was meant to come over. It's year, you know, he had been talking about stuff I said, well, Dave, what I'll do, I'll drive up, I'll pick you up on the way from Cardiff, I'll take you to the game, you know. And we, you know cause we, can, we you know, we've all, had, we all have plans to meet up on a regular basis. They never come off because of one thing or another. And he, you know, he he was pretty ill at the time, and he said, Oh, that'd be great, thank you. Yeah, you won't have to do much walking about, pal. You know, we, you know, we will get tickets to together and we we can, you know, we we can sit together and stuff like that. We we'll, we'll just have a laugh and you can have a beer. Oh, you know, I'm going to have to give up the beer before then. Oh, God, no, you know. And he'd just laugh at stuff like that. But, you know, that when, when he had the turn, it was there was a real change in him, unfortunately, you know, in, you know, in his joie de vivre, I suppose, you know, in, in his exuberance and his, his energy levels. And it was so sad to see, but it kind of got out on Twitter that he'd had the turn and the amount of messages he had, you know, of, of you know, where people were wishing him well, et cetera, was phenomenal. But one of the messages that um, uh, got me was from an American gooner who um, uh, he, he'd, he'd messaged Dave and said, oh, I'm coming over my first trip to the Emirates and stuff like that. And Dave, oh yeah, I'll meet you. I'll meet you, we've a pint. And Dave meets some guy he's never met before from across the pond, has a beer with him before the game, has a beer with him after the game, and made it special for him, but they've always had that way of making you feel special, didn't he, John?
6: Yeah, uh, he did. And compared to being able to say some guy who I follow on Twitter and read all his blogs and listen to podcasts and everything else, and he's got the time to, you know, meet me at a game, have a drink before, have a drink afterwards. It's so foreign to just anyone I don't I can't think of anyone else who would do that or would even think like consider to do that. But Dave was just sort of the the kind of guy who would do that for anybody. Um, and that's amazing. It's a really special memory for that person. I remember before you know it sort of kind of came out on Twitter that you know he wasn't doing great. A few people would message and stuff, and I'd seen some people saying, Oh, I haven't seen Holland much on Twitter lately, and you know, he hasn't put up anything with music because that was his big thing, especially Friday nights. If I if I had no plans on a Friday night and I was just sat at home, it'd be like, I'll just check Twitter every 10, 15 minutes and see what Dave's <laughs> listening to tonight. And it, that always amazed me. And he'd just get this like long thread going and lots of people sending back music and suggestions for him. Yeah, just a really special guy. And that's it's a really silly thing because whilst he was doing the music, I wasn't really talking to him. But that's probably the thing I'll miss the most because I know when he was doing that, he was really enjoying himself he was having a whiskey or whatever and he was all different music and it was always different music as well from totally different areas and that sort of thing there's always something someone could find and if you had something that really was special to you you could send it to him and he'd give you his honest opinion on it and whether he really liked it or not yeah i remember sharing a couple of uh, like sort of random one-off like hits or mash-up songs and stuff that it, he really seemed to enjoy but i think that that's the big thing that i'll really miss it's just that it was that kind of familiarity of oh it's Friday night so I can go and check out Hollick's Twitter and there's going to be some good tunes on there and he's having a good time. I was looking through those preparing for this. I was thinking about the end music
3: um, uh, and like you see that the breadth of taste he had in music and you know, he's a massive Bowie fan. He loved Morton. He you know he, he he just anything and everything and you know even if you gave him something. I don't know, mega death or something like that. He'd give it a go. You know, he would absolutely give it a go. He might turn his crap, but you know, he, he he would actually give it a go. So, you know, we we, we got on a know Dave. We became firm friends with him. What what are the things that kind of did you miss the most?
4: Oh, I mean, it's it's. I mean, we've we've touched a lot on it, but it, it really was that that element of um, of time. And, and when I gave you the the piece that I wanted to put in his unity to you, it was about that and just him having, you know, being generous with his time for someone who had so many friends and, you know, family to be that generous with it. And for me, it was, you know, just, you could either have a serious conversation about whatever you wanted, or you could absolutely just shoot the shit and, and talk rubbish. And he could, he could do whatever he wanted, you know, he could mix with, you know, Prince or pauper, as they say, he was that sort of bloke. And for me, it was just towards uh, the latter years when, you know, we were both writing, And I'd finally got somewhere near to his level of writing. You know, we'd talk about the games that we would just watched and say, oh God, that was, you know, that was a bitch to do a report on. How hard was that? Or how did you see that? And just sharing our enjoyment of writing, you know, and that's what I loved chatting about writing, chatting about the Arsenal. Those were his two great loves and they're the two things I loved. And that's what I'll miss from him and miss talking about him. And I think the main thing, as much as we've given our sort of tributes to him on this, I think the fact that there were so many on Twitter the fact that, you know, we had at the time, Lundberg was manager, of course, wasn't he? And, you know, sent out his own message to yeah. Dave, the club sending out messages. That's That gives you an idea of, of what sort of, you know, a fan he was and sort of a bloke he was. And and that's where I think a bit, We you know, we bash our club a lot, don't we? We moan about a lot of things, but we do get a lot of things like that, right? Have a bit of class, a bit of dignity. And that was Dave, really. And when when I saw Lundberg do that message and the club do it, I thought, that's as fitting as it gets. To get the manager at the time to, you know, pay respects to, to Dave as he was so ill at that time, I thought it was really, really great. And summed up, you know, the breadth he had. He he would mix, you know, he was getting messages from the manager. And as you say, Jace, you know, he would welcome a bloke who's come over from America who's never met. That's what he was like. He would mix with those two extremes and treat them both the same.
3: No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, to be fair, you uh, Lee Dixon mentioned him in a tweet and stuff like that. It, it, it was great. And the club really have taken care of the family. He had a write up in the Chelsea program after his, his passing. And the club produced a special commemorative program for the family. Um with Dave all over it, with his with the grandkids, with you know with Pauline. And I know how much that meant to the family, you know. I mean it's it's fantastic. You know, we, we like you say, we give the club a lot of stick and and Dave would be the first to defend the club and stuff like that, to be fair because he'd seen it happen over the years. Dave always tried to be fair and do what was right and say what was right, which, you know, I adored him for. Andrew, getting back to the drinking side of Dave, because this is what I really liked about him, OK? He was so much fun, wasn't he? You know, as much as he was balanced and as much as he was, you know, I think, he could be a cheeky chap, you know, a little bit of a rogue as well, couldn't he?
5: He was. He, I uh Dave, you. yeah. He liked he liked Tipper. He'd always, every time he would come onto a pod, he'd always uh, have his whiskey glass refreshed. I think he probably I think he had to give up the the alcohol by the end, which was one of his biggest disappointments about uh, giving up the Arsenal, giving up the beers. He seemed to be for every every uh, every bar owner on Twitter he used to be his best friend as well. I remember, <laughs> you know, Uma the uh, the owner of the Guna of the uh, the Gunners pub on uh, Blackstock Road. He always used to defend her when when she would get into one of her late night arguments and you know and he swore he knew Ted her dog better than anyone. I think they had their own uh, their own little communications going on. You know you could find him down the find him down the tolly. You could find him in in any pub. But he was just yeah just a lovely guy. Uh, you're over. He, he would always bring out the best in best in him. I have to say, I was chatting to Lucy Goon, who, who we all know, is one of Dave's best friends, um, and you know, just you know, we're just uh, shooting or chewing the fat recently because she's uh, been living alone, unfortunately, during uh, during this time, and so just catching up and just mentioned to how we were doing this podcast. And she just said, just make sure, you know, people know that Dave was the kindest man she ever knew. And, you know, she was like a big brother to him, um, which I think most of us, you know, how a lot of people, how a lot of us see him, right. He was just so humble and that, you know, coming to size point, you know, it was amazing. It was on Christmas day. His, you know, it was, it all kind of was announced, right. And, yeah you know, most people aren't looking at Twitter on Christmas day or aren't reading their WhatsApps. And so the, you know, the, just the, the, the pouring of, of, um, messages from him, and, and for Arsenal Football Club on Christmas Day, you know, to be tweeting about, you know, their condolences, and and then for you know to, to mention him as the way they did, and in in the, in the program notes, it's just it speaks volumes of him as a man, right? And you just can't, you can't. It's hard to you know to really to really put into words just you know how genuine he was and how balanced he was, because on paper, you know, there's they are very few and far between men like Dave these days, unfortunately. And yeah, you know, I just wish he was wish he was here today.
3: Yeah, I, I got to be he, he he was a prince amongst men, you know. And, and, and you, I remember, you know, you'd, you'd be in the tolly or whatever, and he'd be there. Um, and it doesn't matter what group he was with, it, you know, it wouldn't kind of matter. He'd be there holding court, and you know, people would hang on his every word. But like like we've said before, when other people spoke, he gave them his his attention. He really, you know, he, he, they were the most important person on the planet at that time for him. I mean, we we saw him in person and John, we were lucky enough to do it on the live pod, on the podcast with him. You know, I hate to say this because it's such a cliche,
6: but they just don't make them like that anymore. Do they? Yeah. I I mean, it is a cliche, but I think it's true. And I think it's, I think it's a generation thing. I think it's a, maybe it's a thing for people who've grown up in that era and the fact they supported the club so long and, you know, he's he's seen the absolute best of Arsenal uh, through two different eras, uh, the 70s and, and the early Arsenal years. And he's also seen some of the absolute worst as well, which is probably why he was so balanced. Probably because of my sort of my age range and the, the era I grew up watching Arsenal, I've been really sport, which is probably why I'm a bit more spiky and critical of the club. But yeah, I, d- I don't know. He just, everything about him was class. He, he's the perfect example of when people say what's special about Arsenal, one of the words it always gets mentioned is class and respect and, and doing things the right way. And Dave kind of embodied that completely. He's the embodiment of the club in a way. Yeah. And in, in, in their values and everything. In, you know, or, or what I would say is the values of the club, maybe not so much anymore. But yeah, he, he really was that. So yeah, that that's my sort of resounding. If you could just nail him down to one word, it is class.
5: But who was he who was his maestro? I'm sure he used to call me maestro and then he started calling it's... everyone else maestro and I was getting jealous. I was like, What is wrong maestro? And then Excuse I
6: was like who's this, me? Young, who's this
5: young Simon Collins coming in? The pod? <laughs>
6: It's, it's the, the hair competition. Me, me and Jason couldn't compete on that one. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was at maestro at one point, okay?
3: And I remember the first time he called me maestro, my knees went weak, okay? <laughs> I, I genuinely, I was fanboying it up. And then he called Fifey maestro as well, and it kind of lost his edge then. You know? But no, he, he was, he, he made you feel so special, didn't he? He was just that guy. We've been so unlucky to lose two of the greatest guys you know, two of the funniest idiots and gentlemen that you could wish to meet in an Arsenal world in the last sort of 12 months. You know, you know, it's horrible. But when Dave called people my stride, mean, honestly, whether it be OG, Chris, Josh, Josh's face is a picture. There was Ars Blog and Guna Blog there at the same time as well. So that, that had a bit to do with it. But Dave was holding court in between them all. But you saw us, you know, people buying it up. And then within two minutes, you feel like you're the only person in that guy's world. And, and that was Dave. And he was so generous of spirit. You know, he was the epit- epitome of, you know, we, we love, you see it all the time on Twitter, oh, class and all, and all this stuff. And that's Dave. That was Dave as a man. Well, as you could see him getting more and more, and I'd message him to see how he was. And obviously the drugs, um, would have an effect on what he was writing. And you kind of knew, well, this isn't good. It broke my heart. When I spoke to Pauline and when we knew he he wasn't going to get any better, I'd spoken to Pauline and I was in Saundersfoot, this little village in Pembrokeshire. It was a pretty little place. I'm in the car, I'm sat there, I was in tears. You know, because you kind of know, this isn't going to end the way you wanted to. You know, you you, you you want him to get better and you want to meet him for a beer at the Arsenal again and it's not going to happen. And, and that was heartbreaking. And I, I'm, I'm gutted I didn't get a chance to see him before he went, but he didn't want any visitors because he was embarrassed. And of all the people to walk on this planet, that man had nothing to be embarrassed about. You know, he was a true gent. Some of the people... We bumped into at his funeral and the way they talk about him. Uh, he used to go to Sonning Cricket Club. And there were two girls from Sonning Cricket Club. And oh she's one of the You were right about his cheek him being a cheeky little rogue. He was terrible at the bar and what have you. You know, you could see, you know, the Joie de vivre, you know, that lust for life he brought to people. You know, the fun he'd have with them and the way he would make everyone feel so special. It was it was testament to a, a, a great man, a great man. And, you know, I, I, I just miss him. I miss him terribly. So, I don't know, I think, let's begin to wrap this up then, lads, because I'm beginning to get a bit morose now. I do apologise. <laughs> you know.
5: For anyone who wants to go back, all of his old blogs are still there. So, yeah. gunaholic.com is there and you can go back and read all of his, or, any, or certainly anything that's been added to this website is all there. And I think, the the last one is actually uh, just looking at it now is on the on the game when uh, when Jacker managed to get himself sent off and then threw his uh, threw his armband into the into the crowd and obviously nonetheless Dave has managed to write a balanced piece on what was probably the most uh, hectic game of the season right so but definitely go back and and, and I would uh, suggest if you've got some time as everyone does during this uh, during this down period just go and enjoy just pick an old blog at random pick a date and go with it. There's some
3: brilliant ones there. I've gone through a few of them and they're fantastic. I, I like to scroll through his Twitter account. It's always kind of funny. The day Faber won for the cricket was always good. Because he was so chuffed when England won the World Cup. He was oh, you know, it was like a pigeon chest out, you know, him and Liver celebrating, enjoying it all, like like many others, and it was it was it was magic to watch.
4: Final words, sigh. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that we've not been short of stories, not been short of people paying tribute. I mean, you said it at the start, you know, the number of people you could have had on this pod to come and speak about Dave is endless. And, you know, all throughout his illness and sadly when he passed, the amount of tributes told you all you needed to know. And, they, and, and it was a point that you made perfectly and so well, was that they all felt like, you know, he was the best mate or they all felt that close to him and that, and that was his ability to just be so open and friendly with everyone that you felt like within five minutes, you'd known him for ages and, and you were having, you know, your 50th pint with him and, and not your first pint. And for me, I think, uh, as I said before, you know, the thing I miss is just, just chatting with him about writing about Arsenal. The fact that we've got, you know, so many good stories and all of us have got so many good memories to share is, is perhaps the nicest thing. And I know, obviously, it's greatly sad about him in passing, but the fact that we've got all those happy memories are the nicest thing. And that's what I'll, I'll cling on to because, as we've said throughout this, you know, he was humble, he was class. And above all else, I think the word I'd use is kind. <laughs> uh, he was a kind man. And that's and that's something you don't always get, particularly in the modern world.
5: Well said, well said. Andrew? Andrew? I mean, there's not, there's not much to add that hasn't been said to be me. I just want to say he was definitely, as Simon says, one of the most kindest men. He was considered, he was thoughtful, intelligent, balanced. And, and, you know, he made everyone feel like they were the most special person to him at that point in time. And I think that's one of the, the greatest qualities a man can carry. And he had them all in abundance. And, uh, yeah, we'll miss you, Dave.
6: John? Sure. I just have a simple one. It's from an Irving Berlin song. And it's very easy. The song is ended, but the melody lingers on. I like that a lot. And I think David loved that. Um, To Pauline, to
3: Janice, to Daryl, Sandra, to the boys, Ethan and his brother. um, Sorry, I don't remember your brother's name, Ethan. I do apologize. You know, this is from our hearts. Um, You you know, your loss is far greater than ours. He was in your life. You you loved him. He loved you. And we are so sorry for your loss. To Vic and Lucy, to the verse, to Dave see gets to. Andrew Mangan to all those people and the many thousands more who thought the world of Dave. You know, we, we can never tell your story of your, your your time with Dave. We wouldn't dare try to. This is just our effort at a little tribute to him but for a guy we knew, we loved, and yeah, we are quite confident in the fact that he loved us and we had a great time together. And it was it was such a pleasure to know him, to be in his life. Dave has left a legacy of good memories, of good writing, of good music and a love of sport which is kind of hard to match um, from all of us here at Dave Dave, we miss you, we love you, um, wherever you are. Hope you're smiling and having a whiskey, pal. We're going to play out the podcast with Dave and Pauline's song. Um, it's Simply read in its fairground. It was their song, and it's the only way to end it. From all of us out of Goonaholic Wonderland, thank you, take care, and good night.
7: Hello, Camp Wonderland listeners. This is Reverend Raj uh, coming back very briefly from Exile to talk about Dave Faber, also known as the Goonaholic. I knew Dave for several years, quite a few years, um, obviously through Arsenal, um, but then through his love of music and also cricket uh, he came to quite a lot of my shows um, over a period of time and got to become very, very good friends. Um, and we also spent many time at Lords watching the England test team uh, playing cricket and spent a lot of time just enjoying each other's company and just talking about life, world, sport and anything you could do over a space of eight hours. I'm going to miss him terribly. He was one of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet. Um, His writing, uh, which he did for Blog and various other social media platforms, was out of the world. He was very fair in what he said. Um, I first met him in the the old Black Scarf days, and um, he was quite critical at the time, uh, but then started to understand where we were coming from. And despite our uh, differences of opinions, we had a huge respect for each other he's a great man he will be missed by a lot of people um, and i'm not surprised about that his um passing was a shock to me and I've, i was very very sad when it, when it all happened but i will remember him as one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and i hope that he's resting in peace and god bless him thanks all see you soon bye
8: what's going on guys this is og from a wonderland. Uh with the unenviable task of remembering a friend and uh, putting together some thoughts for our dear, uh, our dear Dave uh, Gunnar um who, who sadly uh, passed away, um, it's been about six months now, I guess, uh, and and been meaning to get some words together for the podcast and tribute to him, and uh, to say it's been a strange year is. Um, uh, not just calendar year, but the last 12 months, uh, particularly for birdcat wonderland and, and, to a greater extent, the arsenal it's been, is, is an understatement, you know, losing, um, both Steve and Dave, uh, from the podcast, uh, talking about, uh, Holick and, uh, and, Steve Lord Hillwood uh, is taking a big toll on a, on a lot of us, and it's been a very difficult thing for folks to talk about. But uh, I think it's important and cathartic to, to make mention um, of some of the good times or some of our happy memories uh, of these guys. And, and in this case, we're, we're talking about Dave. Uh, who I know we all miss greatly and for me I think really just telling the story about how we first met in person the day the day we met it was a very special day for me uh, it was my first Arsenal game in person as I as as you all know I'm, I'm in Canada on the west coast and uh, i had never really had the opportunity after supporting Arsenal basically my entire life to to getting out to North London and um, and seeing a game and so uh you know the date is uh it's october 15th 2016 um we, we play swansea uh at home uh it was a special day for all of us at bird camp wonderland because we had planned to all get together and uh and you know like like a lot of the, a lot of the folks came in for it you know jace uh mr carpenter chris carpenter jeff and raj um uh, Mr. Andrew Fife, uh, that you guys know and love. Um, I'm sure i'm I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, and of course, Dave uh, was there. as well as some other folks that you guys may know, I know FK was there uh, and, and others. And um, we went for breakfast at Fife's place. he lives in uh, he lives in Islington and um, and uh, agreed to meet the holic, as you will. Uh, 10 a.m. at uh, one of those one spo- one of the Weatherspoons, I think, at Holloway the around there, and uh, and yeah, I got to say, like before before you meet someone like that, a guy who who's had this blog forever, he's well known on social media. I mean, yeah, he was. We're in WhatsApp together. We've chatted, and and you have a sense for him, but. You don't know this person. You don't know any of these guys, for that matter. And, and I got to say, it was a very positive experience for me. But you don't know this 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 guy who you know was obviously older than myself. Um, his experience vastly different with the Arsenal uh, than mine. So you're not really sure what to expect. And and you know, the first sight of this guy, you know, I, I have a big grin on my face, and and you know, he's sitting at a stool in the Weatherspoons, uh, drinking a pint and uh i just i couldn't help but smile and and sort of the sense of awe of meeting somebody that you sort of know and is out there and is well respected in the community it just sort of melted away and and you know a big hug and he's he was just so warm and and unassuming and and friendly and i don't think i'll ever forget that exact moment i mean it was just very special and and then we you know as a group and uh i know uh Fife and Jace were with me and, and probably a very similar for them um, and I know uh, I know they've contributed to the podcast in general but then we walk up Holloway Road um, and I'm a little bit slower in my gait than some of the some of the quicker guys we're going up to a, a place for lunch uh, to meet you know Jeff and Raj and, and Chris and uh, and some of the other boys and we're and we're walking and I'm slower and and he slows down and he's you know he says hey you know, uh, I noticed you're a little bit slower. I'm a bit slower too. Why don't we walk together? And and we just walked up hallway road and he pointed out, you know, the hill to the north and, and he tells a story about, you know, how the mayor London walked out of town and it was on that hill. He looked back and probably there's so many people that could tell this specific story better than I can. But uh, he said, you know, there's a hospital on that hill now. And that's where I was born. And it's just, you know, just that kind of moment. And there's people, you know, Waving to him as we walk, and we walk up past Pyebray Quarter, and 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 there's people sort of getting ready for the game. But it's still, you know, it was a three p.m. kickoff. It's still about noon, and we go to this this chicken place and and meet everyone else, and that's that's amazing by itself. But I'm just sort of chatting with chatting with Dave and and getting a sense for it, and and uh, he doesn't have anything to eat, and I I said to him, "So you're gonna eat? You gonna eat some lunch?" And he goes, "No, I'll, I'll eat on the train home." So fair enough, uh, and and so <laughs> we're drinking drinking some beers and and uh, I followed suit a bit and we go to the game and that was amazing in and of itself. I had a great time there. Um, and uh, after the game, we meet up at uh, at the Tollington and and he I didn't know he was going to be there, but you know I I walk into the Tollington and he's holding court and. The, and I did go to a subsequent game with him the, the following week, and it was very much the same thing, that that he was this guy, he would stand in, in, in the Tollington, or, or wherever he was, and he would just talk, but not in a very, like, commanding way, but he still commanded everyone's attention, Um and anyone who wanted to come up and interact and listen to, he had all the time of the world for them, and, and it, it was just something very special about someone like that. You know, talk about Arsenal fans these days. Uh, there's so many fans that are divisive, or and they they are controversial, and they are eager to tell you who they don't like, whether it be somebody to do with the club or it's another fan. Um, or, you know, anything like that. And, you know, people, people draw their lines up and they stick to them, but not Holick. He, he was very special that way. And, and a role model, I think for a lot of us, um, in Burkham Wonderland, um, and he's holding court and and then promptly at about 10 PM, he, he got up and he said, right, I've got to go get my train. And, and he, he headed out, uh, and that was my first experience with this guy. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, like what a legend. This guy was like, and you know, In terms of playing staff, we throw that term around. Legend, everybody's a legend. Yeah, yeah. Snow goes. A le- no, listen, Dave, Mister Gunnar Holler, Dave Faber, he is a legend. Um, and and people should always remember that. Within the group itself, uh, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, with a bunch of bunch of bunch of dudes from all over the world in WhatsApp, and as you can imagine, things can get raunchy in there, and things can. Be a bit offside sometimes, and there, there could be things. It's interesting that Dave was really a moral compass. He wasn't afraid to mix it up with us, but he'd also give us the old steady boy, steady when he when he knew, maybe there was something we were saying that was a bit offside, and and I appreciated that as well. I mean, Dave was a gentleman. He had a great sense of humor. Um, so well spoken. Uh, he was so warm, um, and I think you know a great test of character is you know somebody who acknowledges. And how they acknowledge somebody that doesn't mean anything to them, and he would he would always take the time, and that's real integrity there. But he was also a rogue, and I I love the stories about um you know sneaking in at Tottenham with his dad and and, and jibbing in, and uh, you know some of the stories about him getting a little reckless. And and if you look hard enough on social media, there's videos of him giving it pretty large to to. Uh, to the other team. I think I saw one on my timeline the other day where it was the last game at Highbury and he is just ripping one of the Wigan players. It's it's pretty it's pretty good because you know the Hollick in full flow it's a sight to behold. Um, but what a great man. And and um, I know if he were to be here right now the world the way it is, it uh it's a it's a strange place. But I know he'd be online making a mixtape. Uh, for all of us to uh, connect and enjoy. So, I miss you, Dave, and all the best. Thank you.
2: Hello, yeah. uh, Dave, Mr. Gunaholic. there's probably a lot that's going to be said by a lot of people, uh, and rightly so. He was a gentleman above gentleman, and even though strangely I never had the privilege of having a, a drink or going to a game with him, we spent a good bit of time talking on the One the Wonderland podcast and in talking on DMs in Twitter. And he was always good for advice. He was a huge supporter of the little endeavours that I did and was only willing to assist and help me out and indeed purchase a fair amount of the the stuff that i did in my little shop so for that i will be eternally grateful for as a fan base as an arsenal fan base we are immensely poorer uh without his wisdom and without his generation's wisdom so I'll probably keep it short and sweet, uh, like our uh, uh, Stevie Lord Hillwood. Uh, I miss him. I miss him. I, I miss throwing silly comments at him and trying to make him laugh. And I miss his wisdom and his, his advice. Uh, yeah, we're we're just poor for the sake of it. And my thoughts go out to all his friends and all his family. God bless Dave.
9: Hi everybody, Uh, this is Chris, Uh, you probably know me for the pod as the pirate. Um, What can I say about Dave, about the Goonaholic? Um, I think I like to remember Dave for the person that he was and the person that he represented in his everyday life. There was nothing that Dave couldn't do for somebody, Um, he was such a kind-hearted soul and I'll never forget like, that there's times when I would just be feeling a bit shit about life or just thinking stuff wasn't going particularly well and you pop into one of our many WhatsApp groups uh, and David would pop his head up with a, a tune from YouTube or a link to a funny article, maybe a blog he'd written recently about the, the steadying decline of Arsenal. Hell, there's been plenty of those. Um, and you would just sort of take stock and you'd sit there and you think, do you know what? life ain't so bad, is it, when you've got Goonaholic. To pod with, and uh, and another memory that I would, that I look back on very fondly is when I was very new to podcasting, and Danny, our our executive producer, um, said to me that I would be on with with the Gunaholic, who I, I didn't even know him as Dave at that point. I just knew him as, as Gunaholic, and uh, honestly, I was I was starstruck. I was genuinely in awe. Um, but he was so kind and courteous. Made me feel completely comfortable. Um, And when I heard Dave say fuck for the first time, I knew that everything was fine. Um, He's a wonderful man. Uh, He's he's a man that I respect greatly. Um, He's missed daily. And he's a man who I think if we can all get to the period in our life that Dave was in where everything was done with a smile, everything was done in kindness. And there was never a day that he would look at life and think it's, you know, it's, it's is not enjoyable. There's not something to find enjoyment in. And if we can all get to that stage in our lives, I think we'll all be in a much happier place. Um, may you rest in peace, Dave. Thank you for the wonderful memories. Thank you for that special day when we met OG and, and the crew. Um, I treasure that meeting with you that day, my friend. And you'll always be missed, but you'll never be forgotten. Uh, and in Arsenal we trust, but in Gunaholic we trust far more. God bless.
0: Hello. A lot has been said already about Goonaholic David and what he meant to all of us. Lot, And uh, I don't really have much to add to that, other than the fact that I used to listen to him when he used to do Block and think, bloody hell, this bloke has got a, a wonderful, calm, soothing way. No matter the result, you know, no matter how badly we lost, and we were losing quite a lot, Dave would come on and Dave would be the voice of reason, which is what I used to refer to him as. Sometimes you probably heard me talking to, to the listeners, to the fellow panellists about they've been the ABW voice of reason. Uh, I lost count of the number of times that you lot may know that I'm a bit of a stickler when it comes to audio quality. I don't have much patience when things are going wrong. I tend to get quite angry, and they all poke fun at me about it, so that means they all take it in the right way. But quite often I'd get a little message from Dave saying, you right." And I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, this has annoyed me or that has annoyed me. And he'd, uh, he'd say, oh, you silly bugger, don't worry about it. It's not important. There's more important things in life to worry about. It'd be quite the usual thing for people to say, "Oh yeah, I'm using Ethernet," and then partway through the show, i realized they they're not actually using Ethernet because I can hear the the warbling of them using Wi-Fi. I'm mentioning no names, Gav, you know who you are, uh, who got away with it for years, and then, and I'd, I'd moan about it, and Hollick would say, oh, it's okay, don't worry." And I remember hearing him on on Ars Blog all the time, and hearing this bloke is really really good, well, and obviously because he's on Ars Blog, the the biggest and best Arsenal podcast out there and then raj got him to come on abw as a guest And i thought wow this is this is someone i've listened to for, for ages this is someone whose blogs i've been reading i mean i'm not much of a reader i don't usually read blogs i've been reading his blogs and they're short sweet to the point and always well written and always with a little bit of uh, a little bit of humor in them which i appreciated and then chris did um wanted to do a podcast um i think it was for the it might not have been the invite it's such a long time ago it took me about 10 hours to edit and put it all together and it was either the the 98 the 02 or the 04 season probably the invincibles i don't remember chris sorry and then he said oh, i've got a guest coming on for for that show and it was going to be goonaholic and i thought you well, we can get goonaholic on again why is he coming and doing doing stuff with us he's uh he can do better than coming along with like with a, a ramshackle bunch of uh uh, and <laughs> noisy louts <laughs> making stuff up like I am now as we go along and then he would come on and he was fantastic and then he could come on and do a few more appearances and I said to him are you with any podcast particularly at the moment and he said no not really he said I still do some stuff with Arsblog and, and I do my writing and I said would you like to come and be a part of ABW we'd love to have you here thinking that he'd probably say no no I've got a lot of my plate he went I'd love to and he did and I thought wow that's a sign we've made it We've gone and poached someone... Well, I say poached. We've gone and got someone who's a free agent to come and join a b w And, oh, it's brilliant. Just uh, the number of times that he would... Um He just explained stuff, and he was old and he was wise, not old and wise in a bad way, but he was the the oldest member of ABW and definitely the wisest. And uh, losing him and Steve within a few months of each other has really taken its toll on ABW. Some people have lost the will to talk about football, and then the COVID thing happened, and most podcasts are on their arse now. Yeah, this has been the time that we could have really done with Dave, going, don't worry, it'll all be alright, there's more important things than football to worry about. I'm not sure what else to really say about David other than I love doing podcasts with him. It was always a calming influence on everybody. He was always fun. And sometimes we'd be doing a show. I remember one time we were doing a show and he, he, he talked about something and he, and he sounded like he was getting quite emotional. And I put in the chat box, we have a private chat during we're doing the shows. I put, David, are you all right, mate? He went, playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that's fantastic. That's typical Dave, and uh, I can't remember what podcast that was, but he was just the ability just to to uh, to play the game to uh, to to make it sound even more brilliant than he usually did. He go, look, I'm waffling again, aren't I? Um, Dave, we're gonna miss you, and Steve, we're gonna miss you too, and uh, the podcast skin's never gonna be the same without having those two there with us. So, um, yeah, cheers. I almost forgot there was one time when I nearly met Dave Gunholik. I've not been to a game since Everton at the last game of the 2007 2008 season. In September 2009, me and the offspring went to my first game in 11 years. Which is weird. And Dave said he was going to be there. He said, yeah, I'd love to meet up. And uh, ask. this is how much of a fanboy of Dave I was. I was, <clears throat> I was actually going to get my photo taken with him. Out of all the people I've ever podcasted with, I've only ever met Jeff in Canada. That's it. The rest of them we nearly met, but things happened and I couldn't make it. Um, so the game went on. I messaged Dave during the game and said, do you want to meet up after? He said, yeah, because I sat up in the so the dugout was to my left and in front of me yeah so on the opposite of the dugout so if you're looking in the dugout i would have been top left here um i've got some nice tickets i don't know how someone didn't want them we're being villa 3-2 <laughs> shit game and so i messaged him after the game went davis are you still gonna meet you he said yeah, yeah he said i've got 10 minutes so we went to the lifts and they said, oh, no, the lifts are not working. Because being in the chair, I can't use the stairs. Well, I can use the stairs, but it'll end up with me being in hospital. So I thought, I'm going to wait for the lift. And I went to the lift and they went, no, the bloke went, no, sorry, the lifts aren't working. And I said, right, so can we go all the way around the top tier and use the um, use the lifts where Dave is? And then meet Dave and he said, no, no, you can't. There's a certain section when you're going from one side all the way around to the other side where the corners are. You're not allowed to go through. He said, but you can use that lift there. I said, well, what's that lift? He said that's the service lift for the for the food and the the rubbish and God they got some bins there that stank and get, even now the smell's giving me a headache. And he went go and use that and there will be a lift. I said all right then. So we waited there, two, three, four, five minutes. Late we're still waiting. Message Dave and said oh, I'll be there in a bit. And he went I've I've got to go in five minutes. Someone is sort of Dave wasn't well at the time. We didn't know that uh, he said rather than walking to the pub that he drinks and he said someone here is going to give me a lift i can wait for another five minutes so i thought well how long does it take to go down in the lift and just around a part a third of the stadium i said right i'll be there Waited another five minutes and then another five minutes finally the lift arrived and then it went all the way to the top and then it went all the way to the bottom and i messaged dave and said i rang dave i said dave i'm in the lift now i'm, I'm finally got down to the bottom and sorry mate we've had to go and that was the one time i could have met Dave, giving him a big hug, had a photo with him, and he could have met Sean. Yeah, never happened. So, yeah, Arsenal lifts. It's not only the team that let me down. The lifts whose job it is to let me down, they let me down, but in the wrong way. Yeah, sad times.
1: Driving down.